Folk, noise, electronics, improvisation. How can radical music help us manifest new possibilities for thinking and imagine new ways of organising community through ritual behaviours, actions and languages? Rare performances from CS and Cream, Maria Moles and EFP will reignite our ritual community music series for 2022. Circling bodies, hallucinatory sounds and luxury systems will take place at the Meat Market Pavilion on the 11th of February. Maria Moles uses drums, percussion, electronics and everyday objects to weave hypnotic layered webs of sound that pulse freely while slowly transforming with subtle textures and movements. One of the finest and most imaginative musicians in the Melbourne experimental scene, Moles has performed everywhere and with everyone, but it is her solo performances that are, arguably, the most powerful expression of her work. Ahead of her performance for Liquid Architecture, Maria talks through the influence of Kulin Tang music on her album for Leah Lander, how she blends live drums with electronics, and what to expect from her live performance. My name's Maria. I'm a drummer and sound artist. And uh, lately I've been playing mostly solo drum kit primarily, which I've really um, enjoyed just exploring the different possibilities that you can get with just the acoustic drums on its own. And playing with, uh, I guess, rhythms that aren't, so strict in the way that they're played, so they can be quite repetitive, but they still uh, leave space to be sort of moving within that rhythm. So I like to play rhythms that, even if they're a set pulse, uh, they can sort of move um, and they aren't too strict with the timing. And that's mostly inspired by traditional music of, you know, Southeast Asian cultures, but in particular uh, Kool and Tang music from the Philippines is something that I've been listening to and been taking inspiration from. And after reading some of their texts, uh, a lot of their rhythms uh, seem to be inspired by, um, you know, sounds of nature such as waves um, or, you know, ripples within water. And you can really hear that in the ensemble and in how they move together. And even though there's a pulsing rhythm, it really also sounds like there's this freedom to sort of flow within that. And it's also quite hypnotic, that music and trance-like. So I, I think I naturally tend to play that way on the, the drum kit um, and I like to explore patterns that can be sort of um, quite repetitive but um, develop gradually and then, you know, when you're playing them and listening to them, your perception can 
can warp a little bit and you can be be drawn into the rhythm that way. I've been really enjoying playing that way and it's such a different way to um, when you're playing in an ensemble, which is something that I really love as well. You know, I feel like collaborating will always be my my favourite way of playing, but playing solo as a drummer, you really have to change the way that you approach the drum kit because I, I guess without the the harmony that's so easy to play if you're playing, you know, a traditional melodic sort of instrument or harmonic instrument. We have to almost think in, in that sort of way, like come up with um, more melodic phrases and, and that kind of thing. Um, so I really like that challenge of, of playing in that, that sort of way. I've also been playing with some electronics and manipulating the, the percussion in that way. And, yeah, playing with um, bells and cymbals that, that do bring out, you know, overtones that, that can resonate and really nicely. And I think I like to leave space in the music for that stuff to really sing. And, yeah, so I like to, yeah, to try out different um, possibilities of what you can do with the, with the drum kit and, and percussion. piano from a young age and then was trying to find a second instrument and I played a bunch of different instruments but I none of them felt right like I couldn't get a sound on the trumpet or anything like that so and then one of my friends was um was learning the drums and I think there were just two drum kits at the school and so obviously they would always just be you know there'd always be someone playing them but then one of my one of my friends was saying that she was learning the drums and she was like, oh, you should give it a go. And then I just remember playing like a quarter note rock beat kind of thing, like really simple. But she and then one of the um, teacher aides, um, like practising teachers, they were just like, oh, you sound great, you're a natural. And so that's where it began. And I remember going home and asking my mum and dad for a drum kit and obviously they were just like <laughs> very not into the idea. But then... Yeah, they they ended up buying me one and, yeah, that was the beginning. So that would have been when I was in about grade nine. And then that pretty much instantly took over from, from piano. I think I just found it way more fun. So for Leolanda was a way of just learning more about uh, my mother's ancestry and uh, my ancestry through that. I feel like it's something that I haven't really ever embraced 
properly before. And so it just felt like a natural way of, of learning more about that. So I wanted to listen to a lot of the music. I found that it was quite hard to, you know, without going to the Philippines, it, it's yeah. kind of hard to, you know, get lessons or anything like that. I feel, I feel like it's, um, you know, the music's quite similar to, to Gamelan, but it seems like it's um, not as, um, it's not really represented here as yeah. much. And I'm not sure if that's because, you know, the population might be smaller or I don't know, but yeah, so it was a way of um, learning more about that and listening to the music and, you know, taking inspiration from that. So I listened to different albums and was watching videos and there was one album called Philippine Gong Music, which I really took inspiration from. And that's where the rhythm for In Panas, um, the second track on For Leolander, came from. And I feel like it's that a kind of rhythm that, yeah, is quite um, repetitive um, and hypnotic, but I wouldn't have come up with a rhythm like that if it wasn't for listening to the music. And so I really wanted to take different elements from from the music that I heard and, and use them as starting points for the for the pieces. And they really they really did transform into something entirely different, which I wasn't really expecting, but I, I really love that transformation that happens when when creating music and how it just naturally became something that, yeah, felt like it was my creative input and my um, musical response to to learning more about that music. And again, I wanted to to leave space within the music because a lot of it I was um, starting the pieces as well on the synthesizer rather than the drums, which I guess was a decision to just explore the possibilities of that. And it was also I felt very lucky to to be able to work on that project because it was during lockdown. I think I found it quite therapeutic being able to still create during that time you know it was when everything felt really weird and just a bit confusing and you know you hear lots of artists say it it was a really great time to be introspective and and also realize like even during this weird confusing time we can still create and focus on what we love doing I think that the music you can you can maybe hear that a bit because I really I found the the process very intuitive. So, you know, I was creating sounds that I was really liking the sound of and just trusting my ear in that way. So, yeah, I think it has a lot of space and I think that's just because I wanted the the percussion within it to to really um, resonate. I was lucky enough to be supported by the APRA Art Music Fund for that project. And so I'm just really grateful that, I was able to to focus on that and I also was able to go out to the music archive at Monash University and play the cooling tank because they seem like they're really hard to to come across and play here in Australia but they have this amazing collection of um, music instruments from, from around the world and so I was able to record on one of one of those which was really fun but also it was an interesting way of playing because I hadn't really ever played one before. I was just going out there and, you know, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll include this on the album. And so I had all these, um, you know, different charts of of numbers that I could play while I was out there. 
because the music is um is different to Western music in that it doesn't have notation on the stave. Mm. Um, so it would just be different numbers and patterns and rhythms that you play that way. And each each of the gongs, I think it's maybe 12 gongs, um, has a number. So I had all of these that I was kind of practising at home to bring in and play and record. But it turns out that the recording that I used on the album, which is the last track on the album, is the very first thing that I played, which was just me sort of discovering the instrument. And I think there was something quite beautiful about that. And I, I think also that's what I liked about it, that you can kind of hear that it's me just kind of playing around and discovering the, the different sounds of the yeah. instrument. I've always really been interested in um, in that combination and how they can be so so different. It really interests me, and I, I kind of really love the the contrasting sounds that can come out. You know, something could be quite um, like a bit more granular, and then the other one can be quite sparse and you know sustained, and and how that can work, and you know they can really complement one another. I also really like that you know you can bring different sounds to the forefront when when it is quite a, a dense sound world of you know different textures and that kind of thing uh, I'm thinking more of um Riverbend the first track in particular you can bring these different voices to the to the forefront of the piece and as a way of creating movement and and, and then yeah also trying to think of ways of approaching the drum kit that might be more similar to to a synthesizer or, you know, vice versa. But it, even using like the thing of a really simple thing of, you know, a mallet on a on a ride cymbal or a bowed cymbal and then trying to manipulate the sound or it, it even have it so the synth is kind of sounding the, the same, has the same sort of resonance as that cymbal, that can be a really simple thing to try out or even trying to match the, the harmony of a symbol that has so many overtones in it, but bringing them all out through a synth can be a really nice way of creating something as well. That is another way of playing that I love as well, you know. I feel like, especially as a teenager, you kind of, you're drawn to the the groove really and the rhythm. And and so I do, I do really love that way of playing as well and just, you know, supporting these other artists. But it is also like, it is a different mindset. I guess you think less melodically and more about the rhythm because there, there's, there are so many instruments that are already taking that anyway yeah and so it's it is a different way of of playing and I do feel like 
solo has been really important to me because you can play in this way and the drum kit is definitely set up in a way that leaves room for for melody you know with the way that you know the symbols have have melody within them and um the toms I feel like it is one of those instruments that can be seen more as a solo instrument and that more drummers should explore it and also it is such a physical instrument that I, I feel like even that is can be quite engaging as well how it can be attacked in different ways or you can prepare it with different instruments or tools mm-hmm. so it is really nice when you can play in groups where you can bring a little bit of that stuff out you know that there aren't any expectations and I think that's why I love improvising where you can sort of bring out those strongest statements that might be a little bit over the top if you were yeah We started playing at uni together and I feel like we developed quite a strong musical connection because we would try different things out. Like it it felt very playful in that we were just trying out all these different ideas like, oh, how about we, um, we both try playing totally opposite to one another and, you know, just like different games that, that we would try. And then I, I think that really helped us develop a language for playing together. And we also knew one, one another quite well. And I think that when you do know one another quite well, like on a personal level, you do kind of connect on this way. And, and so you'd have moments where you wouldn't have to think too much about what the other person was doing or, you, you know, it felt very comfortable where if you're playing with someone you don't know so well, you might be, you know, it kind of feels like you're, you're getting to know someone. And, and that's, that's really fun too. And you're, it's almost like you're searching a little bit more. But again, you can have these moments where you just feel really connected without having played together. But yeah, I, I feel like playing with other people in that way, especially if it is someone that you, you don't know so well, it can really, you know, lift your creative abilities because I might try something different and, and they might approach their instrument in a way that I I don't at all and that, that will, you know, allow me to play differently. But then that thing of when you do play with someone that you feel so comfortable with, you can just try out these ideas and know that it doesn't matter, like you're in this safe space. I really love that way of playing because it does force you to try out new things, especially if you're playing with someone that you really admire, you know, and you're trying to connect with them in that way. For this performance, I actually have quite a big setup. I have this new set where... I have a percussion board with just 
some um, symbols and hand symbols and um, singing bowls and just little um, bits of percussion uh, that I've been playing. Uh, so I'll, I'll play that and then I have, yeah, I'll have a synth as well that I'll be playing a bit. But I think I'm going to bring my drum kit as well. And then I've got a couple of effects pedals as well that, yeah, I, I just feel like this this uh, gig because it feels like it's been a little while since I've played. So I just kind of wanted to bring the whole setup and, <laughs> yeah, it it will be um, in, improvised but I think I'll have a skeleton kind of form that I'll I'll play with. But I, I just wanted it to to be a chance to have fun and bring the whole setup to just really play with that. But yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. This recording was produced by Mara Schreitfeger for Liquid Architecture on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We acknowledge them as the traditional owners of this land and recognise that sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Liquid Architecture is an Australian organisation for artists working with sound and listening. To support our podcast and publishing, head to patreon.com slash liquidarchitecture.